Welcome to the Expat Cast. I'm your host, Nicole Palazzo, and I want to play a little game that I like to play sometimes called Where Was I When? So where was I two years ago of this week? All right, I was two months out from moving to Germany and a couple weeks out from finishing my grad program. And that meant that I was super broke, but I also knew that I was going to move to Germany and be super broke. So I was working three jobs, trying to save up as much money as I could before the move. Um, I was also selling all of my stuff on Craigslist, which is just crazy to think about because Craigslist does not exist in Freiburg. I think it exists sort of in Berlin and Munich. But in most of Germany, it's not a thing at all. And I did so many things that I needed to do there. Like I, I found my apartment through there, my roommates, um, bought a bunch of stuff, sold a bunch of stuff, never got murdered. So that's good. Anyway, I was running all around the greater Chicago area. And it was also this weird part where my friends and I knew that the end was near, but it also felt far enough away that it wasn't really real. And it all felt so... I don't know, imaginary or made up that I was really going to move to Germany. And then on the same hand, I was sitting around worried about my visa, worried about finding an apartment in Germany, all this stuff that everyone kept saying, oh, it's too early to worry about yet. Oh, I'll worry about that when you get here, blah, 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 which I just had a really hard time accepting that I would just show up in the country and it would work itself out from there. So I was worried and wanting to plan things, but couldn't really plan many things because the people in Germany were telling me that it didn't work that way. So yeah, weird time, but exciting time. <laughs> and our guest for this week's episode is in her own version of that time. So this week's episode is a freelancer, blogger extraordinaire, Rihanna. She is Canadian moving to Prague, uh, like now, like this week. <laughs> we recorded this a couple weeks back when she was fully in the middle of all of the prep and planning that she could do for this big move. And it was really fun to talk to someone in that phase. So I'm wondering for you guys, when you're listening to this, it'll be cool to hear which parts of it line up to what you were experiencing at that point in your move, which parts of it totally different. It's a pretty fun stroll down memory lane. And I really enjoyed the opportunity to talk to someone pre-move abroad. Most of our guests, of course, are, are in the throes of it. And it was a blast chatting with Rihanna. And I can think of no better way to applaud her move than to share this great conversation that we had with y'all. So enjoy. So my name is Rihanna. Um, I'm living currently in Vancouver, Canada, and I've been here since 2010. I moved here from Toronto. Um, and then we are headed to Prague in less than a month. <laughs> and we'll be living there on uh, youth mobility visas, my partner Colin and I, and our dog Ellie. <laughs> so whose visa are you on? Ellie's, I'm assuming? <laughs> <laughs> Canada actually has arrangements with like 35 different countries, um, these youth mobility visas. So if you're under uh, 30 or 35, depending on the country, you can go and live and work in this in the other country for like one to two years. And it's just a really, really cool arrangement that Canada has with all these different countries, which is awesome. If you're eligible, if you're young enough to do it, uh, you can just kind of live and work all over the world. Pretty, pretty easy. It wasn't, it wasn't too, too complicated. So we're pretty lucky that we're eligible for that. 
so I've heard of these visas and I feel like p typically people do kind of these random tiny jobs because they like b bounce around a lot. But is the visa technically open to any sort of level of formality of job? Like I, I know a lot of people who did more like the, the lower end of just like, you know, minimum wage kind of stuff. But could you t theoretically also do other stuff? Yeah, so it depends on the country. I know, like, in Italy, they have a thing where you can only work for so many months per employer, so they're kind of encouraging you to bounce around. But for the Czech Republic, they're pretty open. I think the only thing you can't do is you can't be a doctor or, like, a sports star or something like that. Like, they have some weird <laughs> some weird sure. ones. Where you it's like a, a theater star or a dentist or something like that. Um, but just kind of anything else, if you want to work in an office or writing or whatever, that sort of stuff, they're pretty cool with. There's no real restrictions. I think most people end up in sort of like a retail or tourist jobs just because they're only going to be there for, you know, a year or two and they might not speak the language or anything like that. So they just kind of jump in where they can and, and a job that would let you travel because that's usually the big priority is seeing as much as you can while you're there. I always joke because there's so Germany has this similar kind of visa with Australia. And I don't know why this demographically pulls towards the females. But I swear to you, like every German lady between the ages of 18 and 25 has at some point spent a year in Australia picking fruit. Like they all just go and pick fruit because then because then they can pick fruit at all these different orchards, I guess, um, across the country. And and that's how they do it. So <laughs> A huge one. And I think there's something where like you get a year and then if you go and pick fruit or some sort of other like intense hand labor thing, you get another year on your visa. I think that's how it works in Canada. I'm not sure if it's the same uh, for Germany. So there's, yeah, a lot of <laughs> a lot of picking fruit and other sort of hard labor that I would be terrible at. Right. Australia. It seems like such a random thing to have such a, a clear population, you know, and sometimes I play this game where it's like I meet someone new who seems like they might be of that age bracket. I'm like, tell me, what fruit did you pick? Yeah. <laughs> so do you know what you'll, what job you'll be doing? I'm going to actually keep uh, my my current job I work freelance so I do um, some blog writing and social media work and travel planning and stuff and I do all of that online so I very luckily will be able to just keep working with all of my clients from Prague so I don't have to do anything really except for just I'll be on a weird time zone so my emails will come through at, at weird times but all of my clients are cool with it um, and then my partner, uh, Colin, he currently works uh, in a hospital here in Vancouver. So he's going to have to find a new job when we arrive. Okay. And he's leaving that open-ended, see how it goes once you're there? Pretty much, yeah. He doesn't, he probably won't be able to work in a hospital there just because he doesn't speak Czech. And I assume they want their <laughs> hospital employees to be able to speak the language. Um, so he's, yeah, just kind of open to working in retail or in a tourist job, or there's a lot of um, English companies have headquarters in Prague, so like Amazon and Johnson & Johnson and a couple other ones, um, and the language in the office is English, so he might be able to come in and do some sort of uh, entry-level office work. It just sounds so exciting, like there's so it's so open-ended, you know, typically with people moving abroad, it has to be this this really strict plan where you're like, okay, this is how we're doing this. This is how much, you know, who's getting, who's paying for the visa, blah, blah, blah. But it's really relaxed. Yeah, it was, it was so interesting because, yeah, all the expat stories I've heard of are always like, oh, you know, my partner got a job in this place. So he's going or she's going on a work visa and I'm coming on a spousal visa or whatever. And ours was sort of like, oh, we had 35 countries to choose from. And we kind of just <laughs> went through the pros and cons of each one. And people are, oh, you know, why are you doing it? Oh, just for fun. Just because you can. <laughs> So how did you land on the Czech Republic slash Prague? 
So when we first started looking, we were actually looking at the UK because um, we had found a program where my partner could continue his hospital work uh, in, in the UK. Like his certifications would kind of transfer over and obviously they speak English. So that was going to be fine. So that was our first uh, plan was to go there. And we ran into some issues with our dog because it's a little bit harder to get dogs into the UK. They have to do a couple more vaccines and then um, they can't arrive in cabin like in a plane so you have to fly to like mainland europe and then take a boat or another weird train route or drive or something like that yeah it's pretty complicated and then kind of our whole goal was we wanted to be able to travel around europe um so if we had our dog with us every time we we'd want to go back to the uk we'd have to do the same thing like take a weird ferry we'd have to get her another vaccine every time we want to go back or else we just leave her in the uk while we travel and just you know board her or something and then we thought that's not really fair to her to have to spend, you know, all this time in a kennel. So the UK was looking a little bit tougher. And then with the organization that was going to help uh, my partner, Colin, find a job, just the um, availability of locations, it was kind of like a, hey, yeah, let us know when you're coming. We'll, we'll let you know what we've got. So it was going to be one of those things where we'd probably rock up in London and then they'd be like, yeah, it's, uh, you know, six hours in the interior in a tiny, <laughs> tiny town. Good luck. <laughs> See ya. Um, and that just, I'm such a planner, so that really stressed me out to not know where we were going to live and not <laughs> have any idea. Uh, so we kind of went back to the drawing board and started fresh and said, hey, yeah, we definitely want Europe and we want somewhere more pet friendly. So that uh, helped narrow things down. And we wanted some place that spoke pretty good English, um, you know, a good sized city so we could still have all the amenities we were looking for and the ability to travel around so like an airport and train stations and bus stations and all that um and then a bit of a lower cost of living would be great we're from vancouver which is pretty high cost of living Um, so pretty much anywhere is is better but we wanted something that would be significantly better um yeah and just kind of going through pros and cons we looked at uh, some places in portugal and spain and france and germany and then we kind of just landed on Prague is sort of like the, <laughs> it, it ticked all the right boxes and neither of us have ever been to Prague. So it's, <laughs> we're just kind of jumping in and, wow. and uh, <laughs> hoping for the best uh, at this point. <laughs> so you said you're like a research person. How much have you researched between, okay, well, first off, when did you, when did you make the decision, I guess? When did you land on yeah. Prague? And then what have you done between then and now? So we started thinking, I think in January, we were actually on a trip in Thailand um, and we were away for three weeks, and that was sort of like the longest we've been apart from our dog. And we're such like sappy people. We're like, oh, we can't leave her for this long. <laughs> one of the options, if we did go to the UK, was to try to leave our dog behind, like with our, our parents or something like that. Um, and we were just like, no, we can't. Like that's a lot to ask of them, and that's just not something we could do. Uh, so January was when we were kind of like, okay, we need to start looking elsewhere. And then I think February we started to see what else was available and I had like Excel sheets and even drew it all out on like a big paper with different markers like I'm like a first grade teacher or something I had all my different (laughs) colors and then in March we were sort of officially deciding on Prague and started the visa application process and then yeah from March till uh, early May now it's just been a lot of checking things off the to-do list all the things that we needed for the visa for moving out of our apartment, for renting out our apartment, for <laughs> packing up to go, getting our dog ready, getting jobs sort of finished up and getting the apartment over there and all that super fun stuff. Ooh, it's a lot. Are you, you're renting out the apartment that you live in? Is that like a sublet? Yeah. Uh, no, so we own um, an apartment in Surrey. It's like a suburb of Vancouver. 
Cool. Um, so we, we're renting that out while we're away. Um, and so we, we leave Vancouver on June 1st to head to Prague. Uh, but we have our tenants in as of May 1st. Um, so we have a little month overlap, uh, which was good because we kind of wanted to be here as they settle in just to make sure they're all okay and everything is going well. But it kind of left us a little bit homeless for a month. Yeah. <laughs> My mother very graciously offered her apartment to us and she's gone to go stay at a friend's house. Well, she only moved in April 1st. So she lived here a month and then we essentially kicked her out and moved into her <laughs> her to go stay at a friend's house so it was super super generous of her and really uh is awesome for us because she lives right downtown uh right next to the beach so it's been um just already this first few days of may it's been so cool living in this location um but it was definitely quite quite stressful getting uh getting everything packed up and ready to go and doing sort of this this is like a, a first move so we're still kind of living out of suitcases here for the month and then repack them all and and go to Prague and whatever it is 26 days now wow that was going to be my next question is then what are you doing with all your stuff so I guess a lot of it you can keep at your house then sorry yeah we um we rented out our place furnished so we were able to leave like the couch and tables and the big stuff um and then we had a storage locker in our apartment that we just stuffed full we like folded a mattress in half and just crammed everything in there (laughs) and my mom's got a storage locker at her place that we've sort of filled up as well um and then we're just going to Prague we've got uh two suitcases each and that's just clothes really that we're bringing okay and then do you already have a place in Prague lined up Mm -hmm. yeah so we were we weren't planning to get a place until we got there because we thought it would just be better to see it in person and kind of get a feel for the neighborhoods um but I uh as I mentioned, I'm quite a planner, so I started doing a lot of research into what kind of apartments were available and what neighborhoods we'd want to live in. Um, and I joined a bunch of expat groups on Facebook and like rental, you know, prog rental groups and that sort of thing. Uh, and one popped up and they wanted somebody to move in sort of end of May, early June in the neighborhood that we were looking at, which is kind of like a popular expat neighborhood and it's really close to the center. Uh, and it was really pretty. <laughs> um, so I quickly sent it to Colin. I was like, let's apply, let's apply, let's try to get <laughs> um, So we did that. We did uh, a tour on FaceTime with um, the property manager. He kind of walked us through it. And yeah, we were, we were happy with it. So we um, we went through an agency, but we like sent, you know, the deposit and first month's rent and all that stuff. So that's all sorted out. Um, wow, which I that's think, huge. Yeah, so I think in hindsight, that was a good thing to do, even though we didn't get to see it in person. Um, I, I like I felt pretty good doing the FaceTime tour, and then it's just one less thing for us to be stressed about when we first arrive. Now that it's all settled, we'll have a place. We've signed the lease. It's furnished. We're going to transfer like the electricity and internet over, so we don't have to worry about any of that stuff when we arrive, which will be really nice. Yeah, and also when you're only going to be living there a year, I mean, a year is long, but it's also not, right? And so a lot of the little things that might bother you about an apartment, like maybe like a leaky faucet or or these small things that you maybe don't see on the FaceTime tour, it's also kind of like, I mean, you're not living, it doesn't sound like you're moving to Prague to like live in a perfect apartment. Like it sounds like you're moving there to have a broader experience where those things kind of take a new perspective, right? They become a little smaller in importance. Yeah, absolutely. Like for us, it was sort of, we just wanted it to be in a good location just to be able to experience the city living. Um, and we didn't really care, you know, we wanted it to be obviously big enough for, for both of us and pet friendly and that sort of thing. But in terms of the actual 
apartment like we're not too picky we don't care yeah we can we can put up with anything yeah (laughs) and have either of you guys lived abroad before I studied abroad I don't know if that totally counts so I was in Amsterdam uh, about five years ago now for six months I feel like it counts Um, I heard someone say that their their um, threshold was like if you had any bills in your name and I was like that's an interesting one you did (laughs) That is interesting. Yeah, yeah. I had rent in my name. Uh, my phone was in my name. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> that sounds real. No, I'm counting it. Check. You're in. All right. You lived in Amsterdam. <laughs> sounds cool. I like to say it was definitely a more catered experience. Like you rock up and they're like, okay, here's your apartment. Here's your three new roommates who are also studying abroad. They'll be your best friends. Here's your class. <laughs> there you go. And did that kind of give you the taste for this broader experience of, of leaving Canada again? Yeah, I think so. I've, um, I've I've traveled quite a bit, and I've got definitely got a bit of a travel bug. But I think, yeah, living in Amsterdam, I had always said, I want to come back here. And I think I'd even made, like, a pact with my roommate, like, you know, by 25, we're, we'll be living in London. That was our, <laughs> our big aim. We and I don't think we understood rental prices in London. <laughs> So, so not right. I'm not. I'm, I'm not 25 anymore, and not quite London, but but making it back. Right. <laughs> I kind of had that too. Like I, I, I don't even call it living abroad because I, I studied abroad for one month in Italy, and it was so insular. Like we were in a villa of just people from my school with teachers just from my school, and we sometimes walked to town, kind of a thing. So like super not. Yeah, whatever. But that even that little taste of it, I also kind of had this moment when I was leaving of like, I just made this pact with myself, like this isn't where it ends. You know, that was my first time being in Europe and I was like, no way can this be my last. And yeah, yeah, uh, didn't do it for a while. (laughs) Let life get in the way. But then, and I ended up back here and I'm like, okay, I'm in Germany, which I feel like I knew nothing about back then. It wasn't even on my radar. Like it's all, it's not exactly what I thought back then, but in some ways it's, that's even better because then you're an adult and it's all this dumb stuff like rental prices and healthcare. care. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah, Prague was nowhere close to my radar. Like even during that six months I lived in Amsterdam, I think uh, one friend of mine went to Prague and I didn't, I probably was just like, oh, cool. Sounds good. Okay, great. Like, yeah. <laughs> nowhere close to my radar. And then even, you know, with us living in Vancouver, we, we bought our apartment, we adopted a dog and it kind of seemed like living in Europe just wasn't going to be feasible anymore. Um, so yeah, I'm really, I'm really glad we, we were able to make it, make it happen, even though we had a few roadblocks. <laughs> yeah. That brings me to a whole series of questions I have now about like, okay, first off, so you sort of had this in your heart the whole time and maybe had a clue that like this was coming your way in life or a hope, but sometimes that doesn't mm-hmm. always carry over to the people around you in life. So at what point did you tell them that you guys were thinking about it? And then, um, how did they react? <laughs> and then how are you handling it now that you're almost leaving? Like, what are you doing to sort of say your, your goodbyes in that sense? Um, so I think the, the first person who had to kind of get on board was was my partner, Colin, because he sort of, when we very first met, his passport was expired, which like, honestly, was almost a red flag. I was <laughs> like, we don't need to go on a date. It's fine. You don't have a passport. Like, we're not compatible. Um, but he really has that same heart and love for traveling. Um, it was actually his idea that, to move to the UK. He found this program that was going to allow him to work there. Um, and I think we just kind of started it small, you know, we did like a little trip to San Francisco and to New York and things like that. And we kind of built up, we did Ireland. And then, uh, this winter we did three weeks in Southeast Asia, which is his first time in Asia. And even when we were talking about moving abroad, we kind of started it as like, oh, you know, maybe 
maybe we'll just do a summer. Oh, maybe six months. Oh, maybe a year. <laughs> we just kind of built it. Um, you so, have a strategy so here, I'm saying. You were like, yeah. oh, oops. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a, a long game plan. Started yeah. <laughs> from our first date couple, five, four or five years ago now. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so I think once, once he was on board, it was um, a lot easier because it wasn't just sort of me being like, come on, come on, like, right. let's do this. And then I guess the big people in our lives that we had to tell were definitely um, our parents. So uh, my family is based in Toronto, which uh, for people who don't know, the geography of Canada is like really, really far from Vancouver. <laughs> like, yeah. It always surprised me. People are like, oh, I'm coming to Canada. Like, I'm going to do Toronto and Vancouver in like four days. I'm like, no, you're not. No. <laughs> like, <those are> <laughs> well, it's like New York and LA. You can't do that. Um <laughs> So yeah, so my family's in Toronto, and I left uh, when I was 18 to come out to Vancouver for school. Um, so I've always sort of been uh, farther away, and I think actually being in Europe might be an easier or more fun flight from Toronto anyways. True. Um, <laughs> so my parents were pretty, were pretty cool, and we're pretty on board with it. Um, my mom just moved to Vancouver this year, so people are kind of like, oh, that's so funny, your mom's moving to Vancouver, and then you're moving away. Uh, but she's super supportive. She's a big traveler as well. So she's just like, okay, hey, great. I'll, you know, I'll see you in Europe. We'll, I'll come visit. And then, you know, our plan is to come back to Vancouver uh, eventually. So it's not like we're saying goodbye forever, which I think has made it a lot easier. Um, and then on Colin's side, his mom was definitely not a harder sell. Because even in the first conversation we had with her, she was super supportive and kind of saying like, yeah, you guys, you know what, you have to do this. Like, this is the time. You have this great opportunity. Um, but she's definitely going to miss miss us Colin's her her baby and we see her once a week um and Colin's dad passed away a couple years ago so she's you know a little bit more on her own now um but I think I think she's really excited for us and she actually has uh, her and my mom are coming out to visit us in the fall they have a trip booked already oh fun <laughs> they actually they booked it before we even got our visas <laughs> back it was so funny <laughs> so they'll come out and, get and spend some time with us um and then yeah like I said we are planning to to come back home so I think that's been been made everything easier for anyone who's sort of missing us or, or worried about us or right. didn't really want us to go we kind of just say okay we'll see you you know in a year don't worry next summer we'll be back <laughs> was it hard then for Colin to um to get on board with taking a year off from his career if it was more uh, sort of your idea and that, you know, like he's in that sense, kind of the trailing person and. Totally. Yeah, definitely. Cause my, my career is more flexible. Like I can up and leave to anywhere, anytime. Um, so yeah, that was definitely challenging. And I think he's, um, I spend so much time with people who work remotely who are kind of like, Oh, I was so excited to leave my real job and do this, you know, online thing. And he's one of those few people who's like, Oh no, I really like my job. Like I yeah. like going to hospital every day. <laughs> Um, which was like such an odd thing for me to hear coming from <laughs> that space. Um, so I think that's definitely one of the things that's going to bring us back to Vancouver. Um, the visa will run out, so that'll definitely bring us back. But <laughs> even just if we wanted to apply for another visa, I think he would want to find a way back into his his job. He really likes what he does, and he gets to work with people and you know help them in the healthcare space, and that's really important for him. Um, so yeah, I think it was definitely definitely tough and I think it helped that we had sort of that timeline on you know this is a year where the only time we're going to get to do this at least you know for the Czech Republic because it's sort of a one and done visa once you've got it you can't get it again um 
and and sort of presenting it that way is like, hey, you get to take this break sort of from your career for a year and do something crazy. Like we were looking at like a beer garden tour or something like that. Like they do like cool. beer tasting. But I was like, how fun would that be if you got to spend the whole year like yes. helping people? Beer. That's, that's your chance cool. to just take all of the weirdest jobs possible yeah. just for like the story of it you know <laughs> it's fun and because the cost of living is like quite a bit lower in Prague he's he's not stressed about having to get you know a super high pay or anything like that so that's super cool and then his job's really great where he gets to uh sort of like pause his seniority and um, so when he comes back he's going to be able to to pick up sort of where he left off wow. which is another yeah helpful helpful piece how good is it that the community of, of people there sort of supports mm-hmm. the sense of stepping outside of your own world and, and, and seeing the the wider world? Yeah. Yeah, it's been so cool. Like the I think the most sort of negative response we've had is just, oh, why would you want to do that? And not but not like, oh, how could you? Like, that's crazy. It's so dangerous. You're gonna ruin your lives. Not like nothing's been really, really negative. And even the people who do ask, oh, why? It's usually more of a just a, a curiosity thing. Like they don't really understand it but most people have been like oh my god that's amazing like I wish I had known about that you know if I could if I could do it I would want to come visit you that sort of thing um so it's been super positive which I think has also been very helpful if we're not pushing back against anything um from family and friends and also yeah from from Colin's work like even all of his bosses and managers and whatever were really were really supportive and and happy for him to have that opportunity So the people situation's good. How about saying goodbye and preparing to leave or take a gap from the place? Because I think uh, when I was thinking about where I was a month out from leaving, um, Mm -hmm. I was in Chicago at the time and had only lived there for two years, but there were so many things that I had always had on my bucket list of things to do that all of a sudden you look around and you see everything new again. You're like, oh my God, first off, I can never look at the skyline and not appreciate it. Second off, I have to go to a Cubs game right now (laughs) and so I was marching my way through my sort of to-do list um around that time of my move so how's it for you guys oh a hundred percent like as soon as we came up with the plan that we wanted to live abroad we were sort of like wait a minute like what we haven't done you know the top 50 things you're supposed to do when you live in Vancouver like I've never skied on any of our local mountains like we don't hike we don't like until being to my mom's place like we don't go to the beach we're not doing any of these things and I think it's just because when you live here you're like yeah yeah, I'll do it you know you kind of take it um take it for granted but then when there is a clock on it you're kind of like oh crap like I gotta get that stuff done before we go um so there's definitely been a a feeling of that and we kind of put together a little bit of like a Vancouver bucket list of like some stuff we want to do before we go um a lot of it is just eating at restaurants that we really want to go to yes very good trick Yeah, so it's been great. And then just this last month living at my mom's place uh, downtown has really, really opened our eyes because she's she's right on the beach and she's got like gorgeous views and all that of sort of the life that we want to live when we do come back to Vancouver. We'd love to be able to live downtown and, you know, walk on the beach every day with our dog and that sort of thing. Um, So, yes, I think we're definitely trying to tick off as many bucket list things as we can before we go. And then also building out a bit of a bucket list for when we come back because I know for myself at least I think I'm gonna have a little bit of a little bit of a gloom when I come back you know you're not in Europe anymore like the adventure's over so I think it'll be really cool to have a list of all these awesome Vancouver things that I still get to do because it's it's a pretty great city Um, well and I think that's one of the coolest things even if it's not you that's making this change in life and moving away 
the people around you also get to experience that because I remember like it helped my friends also kind of look around them and be like, wait, what are my things that I want to do? And and what are the things that we want to do together that are like our things, you know, where whereas before that kind of stuff might go unsaid, it's just a part of your life. It really, it helps everyone sort of wake up and look around. So even, you know, I know I have some listeners who aren't living abroad, probably won't move, just like to hear about these kind of things. And that would honestly be like one of the biggest points that I would give is, is the, these kind of moves are what made me think, you know, look around where you do live. And you don't have to you don't have to do amazing things, even if you live somewhere that's not maybe like as big as, as Chicago or Vancouver, like there's still great stuff to do in the area that, you know, you've been putting off for ages. And that's one way to kind of get like feed that appetite that you have is like, oh, actually go do these things. Totally. Yeah. Like be a tourist in your own backyard. Right. But as you get on a plane, it's still yeah. <laughs> you can still try and see cool stuff. I they made that a goal. It was my New Year's resolution last year um, because I didn't have much money and I was living in Europe and I was like, wow, I really want to travel. But also um, I was emotionally spent from like the whole transition and then I, I didn't have money. And so I was like, okay, well, that's not happening. <laughs> I need my weekends to uh, feel like a human again. And But at the same time, like I, I also love traveling and, and that's part of the motivation of being here. So I made it my goal to every month see somewhere new just from the area. You know, even if it's just seeing what my bus pass can get me where it can yeah. land me um and that was so much fun and I, I try to keep going this year I don't know if I'm quite as um, regulated with it where it's every month but um but yeah I definitely think that's another thing yeah if, if people aren't traveling around as much like you don't have to you just wherever you are can also be great so have you planned out with your with your planning mindset have you planned out what you're going to do once you get there yeah a little bit so we've got um so our moms are coming to visit in September and we've got sort of that month planned with them they're going to come to Prague and then we're going to go uh, take the train down to Austria and then the train down to Italy um spend some time there so that'll be really cool and then uh Colin really really loves Spain he went when he was in high school so I think that's huge on his uh travel list he wants to get back to Spain um I'd love to get back to Amsterdam revisit that city again and then I'm just really excited for more of Eastern Europe because I haven't really done a ton of traveling over there um So just because of where uh, the Czech Republic is located, like I think we could do really easy trips to Poland or Slovakia or get down to the Baltics and that kind of region. Um, So I've kind of got a little bit of a calendar written out where I have like some potential countries next to each (laughs) each month of like, oh, you know, January is going to be really cold. So let's go down to Greece. (laughs) Like that. Yeah. So it's it's totally just um, me dreaming right now and we'll see kind of where we go. But I think that's another great part about it only being a year, we've got kind of that ticking clock of like, okay, you know, if we want to go to Oktoberfest, we have to go this, you know, September, October, that's it. Like we can't go next year. We got to go now. Um, so things like that, I think it will really sort of inspire us and will not, um, will not let too many opportunities pass us by. Cause it's kind of, kind of going to be, Hey, if we don't do it now, we won't get to do it. Um, not that we'll never come back to Europe, but just, it'll never be this easy. It'll never be a, you know, five hour train ride away or whatever it is. So Exactly. That's totally the kind of stuff that I've been sleeping on because I I moved here for an open-ended period of time. And so it's so easy to be like, oh, well, next year I'll go to my fest. And I've said that for how many Mai's now? And yeah, um, yeah, and I just, I, you know, life gets in the way, right? Like May 1st just happened. And that's, that's usually, you know, you can find places where that's a real festival, especially in Bavaria and all that. And I noticed on the third, I was like, oh, I wanted to do that. <laughs> Oops. Well, it, can, it can be hard. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely see just how we've dropped the ball in Vancouver. So I'm hoping we, we pick it up in Prague and then 
keep it keep it up when we get when we get back here and I guess sort of through life that's a bit too philosophical but just sort of <laughs> having that little bit of hey let's go for it and let's you know take take the risk or take, jump on the opportunity instead of you know watching Netflix with takeout again is as awesome as, as that is but <laughs> yeah and how um, how does your dog feel about the move? <laughs> uh, we got her two years ago. She's a rescue dog, so she's naturally a little bit anxious and nervous. Um, so I'm a little bit worried for the flight, but I think she'll be okay. She's adjusting pretty well just to this little move that we've done to downtown Vancouver. And I think she'll adjust well. She really likes being um, with people. And then the pet-friendly travel is a lot easier in Europe. Like, you know, they're allowed on the trains and she's small enough that we can just put her in a little carrier and kind of carry her around. So I think she'll really love uh, being able to come around with us to the different uh, cities that we decide to visit. Are there any things in terms of like snacks or like cultural items, like books or DVDs or like emotional items that you're like everywhere I've lived has always had this like map on the wall, like anything of that nature that you're packing? So snacks, not too much. I kind of asked in a few of the Canadian expat groups, like, hey, what what sort of a snack that you all really miss or things? And people were saying the normal, like, Canadian stuff, like, oh, ranch dressing and ketchup chips and stuff like that. And, like, that's just not really the stuff that I'm into. So I was like, meh, I'm okay. I'm not going to bring over, like, barrels of maple syrup or anything like that. Um, <laughs> no, the biggest thing I'm probably going to struggle with is really good um, sushi in Vancouver, Ooh. just, like, really great fresh fish and I know you know the Czech Republic is landlocked so it probably won't be nearly as fresh um, but that's okay and then in terms of emotional items I took quite a few pictures like we've we've tried to be a bit better about printing our photos so I, I grabbed quite a few of those while we were packing up and just put them in a little envelope um, and then we grabbed a couple of, like Canadian flags that will just kind of hang up on the wall <laughs> I don't know that we're the most patriotic people but I think it'll be a nice little sign of home and I think when you step away from your home country there is this weird tendency to kind of kind of amp up your your patriotism a little bit just so that you're like hey that's me I represent that you know a little a uh, little bandana for our dog Ellie to wear that has Canadian flags oh, on it cute. So she- and okay so now that you've gotten this far into the process um Mm -hmm. what is the biggest lesson you've learned so far and then what is something that you're the most looking forward to probably starting a little bit earlier there was a lot of stuff on our to-do list that we could have crossed off months and months ago if it was something we had known about um and just like getting rid of more stuff like I'm already not big on keeping things that I'm not going to use um Colin's mom makes fun of me all the time because I just (laughs) she's like oh take this thing and I'm like no we don't need that (laughs) (laughs) but I'd love to do even more of that because it just blew my mind how much we were storing and even how heavy you know the suitcases got despite the fact that we were leaving our place furnished I was like how do we still have boxes and boxes and boxes of stuff like how does this happen how do you (laughs) how do you mask this much um and the thing that I'm most looking forward to, um, I think just like once we've, you know, arrived in our apartment and we've maybe not put everything away, but we're, you know, we're settled, we're in, we got the keys. And then just that first like walk through the neighborhood, like Colin and I and Ellie and just looking up and being like, yeah, we live here. Like, this is it. We did it. Like that gorgeous building. That's our view and the river and just having that court sort of like, ah, we're home and yeah, they're still going to be some challenges, finding call to job and unpacking and learning check and all that fun stuff. But just sort of having that like, ah, moment 
when we do that for, I think that first walk is going to be really good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to transition to um, the ending segment, but first, do you want to let people know if they want to, if they want to see how it goes for you and, and see how your year is, where can people find you? If you care to follow along or want to see how our mini expat life in Prague is going, um, I do have a blog called teaspoonofadventure.com. Yeah, and I post there kind of weekly doing some recaps of travels we have or things coming up. So yeah, teaspoonofadventure.com. And as a librarian, I also want to shout out your blog has some really good resources too. Like, so you do a really good job of also tying in um, not just your own personal experience, but the things that you learn. So other people who might be making similar moves, I definitely would would recommend that they check it out because I found it very helpful. Yeah, actually, I do have a post coming out like just specifically about the Czech Youth Mobility Visa. So if you happen to be (laughs) in the strange situation where you're also applying for that visa, that I think that'll be a really helpful one. Look at that. Perfect. Okay, so with that, we're going to go to the ending segment. Zach, Zach, Zach. It's a rapid fire question round. I'm going to ask you three questions. You're going to answer them without thinking it, overthinking it. Just go with your gut. You ready? Yes. What's your favorite zoo animal? A gorilla. (laughs) Um, Okay, so imagine this. You're, you're, You're out in the city. You're on the go. You have like 20 minutes to like grab something to eat before your next thing. What do you grab? Uh, poke bowls are my favorite. I don't know if you guys have those over here. It's kind of like deconstructed sushi, but like in a bowl. Ooh. Uh, that's my, that's my go-to. I don't actually, I think we looked up the other day if Prague has poke bowls and my partner found a couple poke restaurants. Yeah, so. good. Okay. Um, and finally, what is one thing that you're going to pack for your, your little pup? Oh, and she's got a little stuffed monkey that she loves to, uh, to throw around. She's almost ripped one arm off. She's been working on it for a while. So we'll, we'll pack her monkey. <laughs> she's got work to do. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Okay. Those are XXX. Thank you so much for coming on the show. And I wish you all of the luck with the last couple weeks of getting everything ready and making the big move. Thank you so much. It was awesome chatting with you. And I will take all of the luck and well wishes we will need it. Thank you so much. <laughs> That magical first walk in Prague has got to be taking place any moment now. <laughs> One last final well wishes for Rihanna and her partner and their pup. Thanks again for taking the time out to come on the show. And thanks to you, the listener, for tuning in. As always, I would love to hear your impressions of the episode on social media. So find me on Instagram or at Twitter at the ExpatCast. Let me know what was it like for you one, two months before your move? What were you up to? What were you worrying about? What were you thinking about? And while you're on that phone, please do leave a rating and a review on your podcast app of choice. That is the best way you can help out the show so that we can reach the ears that we need to reach. Thanks as always to Gordon Eisenach, my partner in podcasting and in life, and Amy Lungi Art for the logo, and to Sidehug for the theme music. They're on Instagram too, at a hug from the side. Next week on the show, we've got an American travel writer who lives in Prague, but who's actually traveling through America to write a travel guide for it. Huh? What? How does that work? <laughs> You'll hear next week. Until then, have a great end to your May and beginning to your June.